with them a little bit. They're coming right along. Amen. Amen. Grab your Bible. Remain standing. Grab your Bible. Remain standing. Turn with me to the book of James. The book of James. The book of James chapter number one. Any good to be saved? I said, any good to be saved? Man, if you can't get excited about that, you forgot where you was headed when he found you. A place called hell. A place where the worm dieth and the fire is not quenched. A place of eternal darkness and separation from God. Are y'all with me? Now let me ask you again. How many of y'all glad you saved? Yes. And then you might have forgot where you're going. A place where the street is gold, the walls are jasper, the gates are pearl. A place where there'll be no need for sun or moon because His glory will be the light thereof. And we'll walk in a place where there'll be no more tears, no more sorrow. For my God shall wipe every tear away. Somebody say amen. Amen. Yeah. All right. I feel like preaching this morning. James chapter number 2. Here's what, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, uh, I know y'all don't think we listen to the answers that y'all give in life group, but we do. And, and, and we, we talked about being, being scripturally ignorant. And we talked about how so many people don't know their Bible. And that, that God expects us to study our Bible, read our Bible. How many of y'all remember that a couple weeks ago? Say amen. How important that is. Uh, we got so many responses. How do we do that? How do we study our Bible? How do we do that? And, and, and that's, a, that's a very good question. That's a very good question. So that's what we're going to answer today, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the plan for this year and, 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 and how I want to do everything I can to help you study your Bible, learn your Bible, know your Bible, and be able to use your Bible. And all God's people say it. Now, the first part of this, the first part of this is going to be informational, all right? And I'm going to try to be brief with that because I want to give you the other stuff. It's going to be informational and then a practical side of this, a how-to. I, I, I wasn't much on those sermons that said you should. You know, I mean, I've always heard a lot of, well, you should do this and you should do that. I like them kinds of, here's how to do it. Number one, number two, I'm, I like it easy, amen? Make it easy on me. So that's what I want to try to do. And, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll make this happen. And all God's people say it. Amen. I want you to look in James chapter number 1. I know I told them fellas to start with verse 23, but I want to start with verse 22 if we can do that. Verse 22, uh, when you get there, say amen. amen. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Doers of the, the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. For if any be a hearer of the word... And not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a... All right, now I want you to replace that word with mirror. Okay? All right? Beholding his natural face in a... In a mirror. That's what, that's what that means. That's what he's talking about. All right? For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty, talking about the word, and continueth therein, and what? The word. He being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his, in his deed. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the truth. 
that we have today. Thank you for the blessing it is to be in your house. Uh, Lord, a house that's filled with love, a house that's filled with your spirit, a house that's filled with excitement and anticipation of what you're fixed to show us today. God, I'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we all pray and all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I want to use this. I want to use this uh, uh, illustration here for just a second. And, and then I'll let them guys set that down. Uh, here, here's what I want you to do. We need to understand, we need to understand why God gave us the Bible. Uh, there is not a checklist in heaven, okay? There's not a checklist in heaven that every time you read a verse or every time you read a chapter, you get credit for it. Okay? Does everybody understand that? And I know you're saying, well, why are you even saying that? Because there's way too many of us that, that begin or try, we read, we read for achievement and not application. We read for achievement and not application. In other words, to say we did it. And, I, I, and, and here's, here's what I mean. Maybe I, let me put it simpler. I, I, I made a commitment one time, bless God no matter what, I'm reading 10 chapters a day. I'm going to read 10 chapters a day. That's my commitment for this year, New Year's resolution, whatever it is. 10 chapters a day. And by God, I did. But by the time I got to the eighth chapter, I forgot what the first three were about. Are y'all with me? And so what was I doing? I was reading for achievement. I was going to get mine in because we had that many. It, it, by the, I could have said, I could have said by the, the, by the end of the year, I read this much of the Bible. But did it help me? Did it help me? Did it really? You see what I'm saying? God's not excited when you read a ton of the Bible. God's excited when you do the Bible. Amen? You see, the Bible, the Bible is a... Come on, everybody. The Bible is a... All right. The Bible is not for achievement. It's for application. I'm going to give you three verses. I'm going to give you three different verses. To, to, to kind of illustrate and to show you what we're supposed to do with it, okay? And what it is for. Now, this is a mirror. Say that with me. This is a mirror. Hey, you handsome devil. Amen. That's right. Johnny says, yeah, you're right, preacher. You're looking at me. Amen. All right, here's the thing. You know what? There's one thing about a mirror that I found out. There's one thing about a mirror I found out. It is brutally honest. Are y'all with me? A mirror is not politically correct at all. If there is ugly in front of it, that's what you're going to get. Amen? Y'all know what they say about ugly. Yeah, I see you over there, Junior. Amen. They say beauty is skin deep, but ugly is to the bone. When beauty fades away, ugly hangs on. And I, can I get a witness? How many of y'all have ever been uptown or even been to church and think, did any of them people have before they left the house? Come on. Some of y'all stick in the muds. I'm going to get you to smile in a minute. One way or another, I ain't, before you leave. A mirror. He's saying the word of God is a mirror. And there's three different, three different times, probably more than that, but three different specific times when, when God's word is compared to a mirror and what it's for. Now, 
if you're looking at James, if you're looking at James, watch this, watch this. And I'll give you just a, give, give me one second, guys. I know y'all need some exercise. Hold on, hold on. Look, look what it says. In verse 22, be ye doers of the word, word, word the, the scriptures, the Bible. Not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. In other words, if you look into this word and you read something and then you don't do what it says, if it showed you something in, in your life and you don't do it, you don't apply it, watch what it says. It says, if ye, if, verse 23, for if any, no, 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 but let me back up, verse 22, but, it, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. What's that next word? Deceiving your own selves. Deceiving your own selves. You know what that means? How many times have you tried to convince yourself you were something you wasn't? Or you read something in the Word and God peeled a layer back and showed you something about yourself and you said, "Uh uh-uh. Come on. It's just us. It's just us. Let's be honest. And you know what? The Bible says you're just lying to yourself. God may have showed some bitterness is still there. God may have showed a place in your life where you were being unforgiving. God may have revealed a sin in your life that nobody else knows about. And if you don't do something about it, you're just lying to yourself. Look what it says. Look what it says. It says this, verse 23, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding him, his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. What does that mean? You go into the mirror. What's the purpose of the mirror? Number one, by the way, if you're writing this thing down, the mirror is for the purpose of examination. The mirror is for the purpose of examination. Everybody should look at one of these before you leave the house. Amen? You need to examine yourself. All right? Is there something out of place? Is there something that's not right? Is there something that... You know? Make sure everything... Now watch. What if I looked into this mirror and everything was in disarray? But I don't do nothing about it. I don't adjust it. I don't fix it. I don't make sure it's buckled, whatever it might be. And I go my way. I'm living in that unkept state and I forget what I saw. And so here I am going around life with things that need to be touched up, things that need to be addressed in my life. And usually everybody can see it but me. Are y'all with me? So the word of God is for the purpose of examination. Examine. What did the, what did the psalmist say? Search me and know me. Doesn't the Bible say, doesn't the Bible say the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword? It's able to discern between the soul and the spirit, amen? It's able to cut deep. It's able to see things about you that you think I'm bugging your house. Because the word of God will open you up. The The word of God will go deeper than the surface. See, all we can see on the outside is the surface, but the word of God will cut where nobody can see. You see, the word is to examine ourselves. We go to the Bible. We go to the Bible to, to look in it and examine ourselves. You remember what I said? Remember what I said about the mirror? It's brutally. You know what the word of God is? Brutally honest. It's, going, it's not going to beat around the bush. It's, not, it's, not, it's going to tell you straight up. All right? Now, secondly, secondly, it's for application. It's for application. All right, guys, you, thanks. Hey, give them a hand. Then they do good. I'm saying that's the best mirror holder I've ever seen. Great job. Now, look, 
The mirror is for application. I want you to look in Exodus 38. If you, I think they'll have it up here. So to save time, because I got a lot of stuff I want to give you this morning. To save time, watch this right here. <clears throat> when the nation of Israel, when the nation of Israel came out of Egypt and they went to Mount Sinai, and God told them about how to build the, the tabernacle. He told them what to build, what to have in it, and all that. One one uh, element of the tabernacle was called the laver. The, the brass laver that was outside the Holy of Holies, and it was basically a big tub or a big pool of water, if you will, right? Big, big, where they would go in, they would go in, and it would be the priest's responsibility. After First you have the, the, the brazen altar where the sacrifices were made, and then you have the brazen laver, that big pool of water there, and then you have the holy place and then the Holy of Holies. Well, they were to come to the laver to clean up. That's where they cleaned up. Now watch. When they came out of Egypt, when they came out of Egypt, the materials, now watch this, this is so good. And he made the laver of brass and the foot of it of brass, of the, of the women of the assembly. In, a, in other words, all the women, they had really, 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 really shiny brass, when it's basically mirrors, that they would use, the looking glasses. And Moses took all of the mirrors to make the laver, watch, look, of the women of the assembly, which assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. In other words, he used their mirrors for an instrument of cleansing. Application. Application. The Bible says, how will a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to that word. Doesn't it say in, in John 15? Doesn't it say in John 15? You're clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Are you with me? What does that mean? You see, this word is not only for examination, it's for application. And if you're not going to use application, why are you going to examination? I know that's not good English, but it sounded good, right? Why would you examine yourself if you're not going to apply why are you going to look in the mirror to see if your hair is out of place if you're not going to touch it up? Let me, let, me put it, let me put it in an even better term. Why are you going to come in here and sit in the house of God and let your heart be cut open by the Word of God and show you what's wrong if you're not going to fix it? The Word is for application. It's for application. Dr. Brown, <laughs> every point when we had to take homiletics, which is how to take a chapter and outline the Bible, point one, point two, point three, in practice preaching, if you went from point one to point two without applying, without an application to point one, he would do everything but say a bad word. <laughs> Dr. Travis, am I right? Why? Because he said the most important part of your sermon, the most important part of your message is the application. You're not here just to, 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 to have a, a spiritual habit. You're not here to hear me right now. Just There's no checklist in heaven. You, you, you don't get spirituality because it's floating around in the air. You're not more spiritual just because you're in this building. I've heard people say, you need to get in church. And I know what they're saying. I, I get what they're saying. But it doesn't work by osmosis, folks. Are y'all with me? There's got to be application. You've got to do what you see in the Word. Be a doer of the Word and not a hearer only. Now, why do we need application? How many of y'all would agree? How many of y'all would agree examination is very important? How many of y'all know that we need God to t show us what we really are. How many of y'all would go to a doctor? How many of y'all would go to a doctor and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and be tickled to death if, if you had a serious illness and he just said, don't worry about it? Y'all wouldn't go back, would you? As hard as it is to see, as hard as it is to hear, we want him to be straight up with us. Examination. Application. Application. I, I got chewed out by a doctor one time. <clears throat> well, more than one time. But one time especially. Because I got sick, and I went in, and he gave me all kinds of medicine and everything. And you know what they say about the antibiotic? Everybody say it. Did I? I did till I felt better. Don't we treat church like antibiotics sometimes? When all hell is breaking loose in our lives, so we're on the front row. 
Not saying that, you know. That's the, I Hey, what I mean, Brother John? I'm amazed at the people that are all up in the church building until things are going better. And anyway, I didn't finish it, and I had a relapse and got sick again, come back. He knew. Man, he chewed me out. I want to say, welcome to my world. But I didn't. But he, he made this statement. He said, why are you even going to buy it if you ain't going to take it? Come on now, y'all get with me. Come on. I know who I'm preaching to. Y'all take them halos and put them in your pocket. Nobody in here believes it, no way. Application. I'll tell you, I sleep with my, my Bible under my head every night. Why? It's, it's what's in it. I got my Bible and it makes me free. Uh-uh. Your Bible don't make you free. Knowing your Bible does. Right? You see, this is for the point. Why do we have examination? So we can have application. But why do we have application? Here's, here's the last one on here. For the purpose of transformation. Watch what it says. Watch what it says. All these have to do with a mirror. 2 Corinthians 3.18. 2 Corinthians 3.18. Watch this all. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a... Let's change that word. What are we going to change that word to? Mirror. Now, what is the mirror? What is the mirror? God's word. God's word, right? And every, every one it had to do with... Okay? All right? With open face beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are changed, say it with me, are, are, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, what, is that, what does that mean? That means that your Bible is a mirror. But this verse teaches us, this verse teaches us that when we look into it, we see His image. And the more we look into it, the more we gaze into it, the more we study it, the more we apply it. Say amen. We are changed. Say that with me. We are changed into what image? His. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Romans 8, 28. <clears throat> Romans 8, 28. We love that verse, don't we? Especially when we're going through junk in our life and things are happening to us and everything's going wrong. Oh, for all things work together for good. All things work. We, we want to know that all the junk in our life is going to help us, right? All things work together for good to them that love the Lord to them that are called according to His purpose. But, but we may need to define what that good is. Because some of our, when we say it's going to work out for good, that means our bills are going to be paid, the kids are going to be well, and the dog's going to like me again, and, and we're going to. That's not the good he's talking about. How is, how is, how is uh, 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 all these things going to work out for our good? Because I'm here to tell you, cancer's not good. Diabetes is not good. Divorce is not good. Crises and tragedies are not good. And they hurt way after it's over. So how does that, if, if the good he's talking about is prosperity and happiness and, and all this kind of stuff where everything's going right in our life, then how come all this other stuff, that's not what he's talking about. The good that he's talking about is found in the next verse. For all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, then they're called according to his purpose. The next verse says this, for whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. And that's good. The, are y'all are getting what I'm putting down? In other words, all the stuff that's happening in our life is going to come for our good because it's going to transform us into the image of His Son. Our suffering, our sadness, our heartache, our brokenness, all it's doing is making us more like Jesus. And that's good. So guess what? I need my verse. The last one. But we all, with open face beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are, 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 are changed. So now you know why you're here this morning. I come to get my praise on. 
Well, that's good. And it was good today. But that ain't why you came. You came to be changed. You don't read your Bible so you can have something to argue with your atheist friend about. You don't read the Bible so you can prove why we need a wall. You read the Bible to be changed. You read the Bible to be changed. The purpose of reading the Bible is for examination. It's for application. But most importantly, it's for transformation. To be changed into the image of his son. Now, that's the informational side. Here is the practical side. How do we do this? How do we do this? I'm going to tell you how I do it. You need to get you some books. Why do I need another book to read the Bible? Because the Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God. And some of you don't know English good enough. I'm not being mean. I can't understand my Bible. Get a dictionary. Here's an American dictionary of the English language, 1828, Noah Webster. We've got these in the media center. If you need one, they'll sell them to you. Uh, you don't have to buy these. You can get on the computer. I don't use it. I got a hardback copy, but I don't use it because I got it on my computer. It's faster. You can go onto your computer. And, and, and how many of y'all can speak English? Somewhat. Come on. If you can read this right here, you can read this right here. Let me say this again. If you can read this right here, you can read this right here. I don't want to ever hear you say again, I can't understand my Bible. Now, I know there are some chapters that are little, but to say I don't understand it because it's in Old English, that's not, I'm not talking about some of the confusing stuff in Revelation or something like that, and I'm going to help you with that too in a minute. Get a dictionary. Let me show you how this works. Let me show you how this, and, and, and by the way, let me give you this other book. I've got a, it's called the MacArthur Bible Commentary, so the whole Bible. The whole Bible in this one, it's, it's, a, it's a few dollars. I don't remember what it costs, 20-something dollars. Or I don't know. Uh, is it on the back? With my eyes on $39. It's money well spent. Money well spent. Here's the deal. Now, I've got, I've got the whole deal. I've got, I've got the, the New Testament in, in each book in the book of this. This is, this is more like a compacted type deal. But here's what I do. Here's when, I, when I'm studying my Bible, I will, I will use the dictionary to define the words. All right, some of, them are, some of them are easy, some of them I understand completely, some of them I already know the definition, but I, if those that, that, that I, I think, I'm going to show you, I'm going to give you an example here in just a second, how I did that. But then I'll look at different commentaries. I recommend this one, but, but make sure to understand this. Any commentary is just man's opinion about something. The best commentary for the Bible is the Bible. Compare what one verse says about something to what another verse says about something. Let the Bible explain itself. But commentaries are good. I recommend this one. Say, do you 100% agree with every single thing John MacArthur says? No, but he's pretty sharp. He's pretty sharp. I read behind Warren Wiersbe. I hate telling you all this because y'all not going to think I'm smart anymore, which I'm not. I just read smart people, amen? I like Warren Wiersbe, and I don't have his books because I have it on my computer. All right? I have, I have probably a, a stack of commentaries that, that, that length on my computer. But I like Warren Wiersbe. I read a little bit of James Knox, uh, uh, John MacArthur. Uh, very, very good. And so I'll read a little bit of that, of what he says about the chapter, and then I will define it with my dictionary. Most important, though, is your dictionary. Is your dictionary. Like I said, you can get, if you're old-timey and you don't like messing with computers, this is available. And then uh, if you, but th th that, that'll cost just a little bit, but it's free on your computer. You can just type in 1828 Webster's Dictionary on the computer. Now, here's what I want you to do. Turn with me. Turn with me. <clears throat> to 2 Timothy 3.14. And I'm going to show you how, how to study this verse. Where it makes sense. 
2 Timothy 3.14. Remember, don't read for achievement. Read for application. In other words, don't read 10 verses to achieve the fact that you read 10 verses or 10 chapters. I would rather you read one chapter and do it than read 10 chapters and forget it. Does that make sense? Amen? All right, now let's look. Let's look. 2 Timothy 3.14. 2 Timothy 3.14. When you get there, say amen. Watch this. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able... Now, what are we doing? We're talking about the scriptures. What are the scriptures able to do? Make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, what does that mean? That, it means the scriptures will tell me how to be saved, and that is through faith in Christ Jesus. Right? Now, watch. Verse 16. Verse 16. This verse stood out to me. Sometimes I'll be reading through a chapter, and one particular verse just stood out. It just stood out. It just, it, it, and so I will go back, and I will go over that. All right, verse 16. How much scripture? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. It's profitable for what? Here's the things it's profitable for. Doctrine, reproof, correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be... Now, what have we been preaching for a month and a half on? Being a perfect Christian, a complete Christian, a mature Christian. Now, what does the Bible say? Everything in the Word is to help you become a perfect Christian. Isn't that good? Now watch, now watch. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. In other words, everything you need to be a complete, mature, developed Christian is in your... Amen. Now, let's take chapter, verse 16. I took my 1828. I took my 1828 and looked up doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. If I need to know what that's gonna, the Bible's going to do for me, I'll look those words up in my 1828. Y'all with me? All right, doctrine. Doctrine, here's 1828. Whatever is taught, hence... Whatever is laid down is true by an instructor or master. The doctrines of the gospel are the principles or truths taught by Christ and the apostles. That's 1828 Webster's Dictionary. And, and what's cool about that dictionary is most of the definitions will have a Bible verse. That's really cool. Amen? All right, that's doctrine. So does everybody understand what doctrine is now? When you hear the word doctrine, you know what it means, right? Okay, this means, yeah. You want me to read the definition again? How many of y'all know English? I just read it, right? Now you know what doctrine is. Something that's taught. Truth that is taught. All right, reproof. Reproof is not a word we use a lot right now. Right? When I come home, my mom was full of reproof today. We don't, you know, that's not a familiar, so we need to look that up, right? Reproof. Here's what Webster's 1828 says. Blame expressed to the face. Censure for a fault. In other words, the Bible will look you in your eye and say, you did it. In other words, when you come, that's why when you come... When you come to the house of God and he's preaching the word, sometimes there's some reproof. Right? Well, we're getting it now, ain't we? Correction. Correction. Here's 1828. The act of correcting, the act of bringing back from error or deviation to a just standard as to truth, rectitude, justice, or propriety. Basically, the act of bringing back. In other words, you had strayed, bringing you back. Bringing you back. Does that make sense? Okay. And then the, the last one, instruction in righteousness. Instruction in righteousness. Instruction. The act of teaching or informing the understanding in that which was before ignorant. Information, direction, watch now, order, command, or mandate. You say, that's the same as doctrine. No, it's not. Doctrine is more informational. Instruction is command. You see, that's the difference between teaching and preaching. Teaching is, here's the information. Preaching is, here's the information. Now, what are you going to do about it? That's why people want to heap upon themselves teachers and not preachers. Because with teachers, there's no accountability. All right, I know y'all can't hear that right now. Okay, so I looked those words up with my 1828 dictionary. And then I took Warren Wiersbe, the, 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 the commentary, Warren Wiersbe commentary on this chapter. Now watch what Warren Wiersbe says. And man, this just made it all make sense. 
It says they are profitable. This is his wording. They are profitable for doctrine. And he put what is right. For reproof, he said, what is not right. For correction, how to get right. For instruction in righteousness, how to stay right. Now, don't that make sense? So now when we put our defined words down with a little bit of help from a smart guy, here's what we get. The Word of God will teach you what is right, what is not right, how to get right, and how to stay right. Now, how many of you understand it now? Now, here's, 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 here's what that took. It just took a little bit of study. Anybody in this room can do that. Don't ever make another excuse if you are from Temple Baptist Church that you can't read or study or understand your Bible again. Quit making excuses. I can't afford a dictionary. I will give you one. And they're not cheap if you're going to study your Bible. It takes effort, guys. Quit thinking, and I'm, I'm just going to be straight with you right now, okay? Quit thinking you're going to read God's Word like you do a Marvel comic book. This is not the Wall Street Journal. This is not Time Magazine. This is not the newspaper. It is God's holy living Word. And it has to be revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. But I promise you this, if you make an effort, He wants to show you. So, get a dictionary. Get a dictionary. And all God's people say it. Now, here's what I want you to look for. Here's what I want you to look for when you read a chapter. Here's what I'm doing for you this, this year. My plan, my plan was to go through the whole New Testament. My plan was to go through the whole New Testament uh, this year. And at the end of the year, be finished with the whole New Testament so you'll have a complete, extensive working knowledge of the New Testament. But I know that's not reality. It's going to take a little longer than that. And so instead of trying to rush it all in, because I'm learning something on Wednesday night Bible study. If you're coming to Wednesday night Bible study, you know we're slowing things down. Right? So we're just going to take it as we go. Uh, my good friend Brian Edwards, he's one of my best friends in the ministry, uh, I, I was sharing some issues or some concerns I had. And he said, Malcolm, how long are you going to preach the Bible? I said, till Jesus comes. He said, so you got till Jesus comes, right? I said, you smart Ellie boy, I tell you. So we're going to take it slow, okay? But we're going to focus on the New Testament until we get through with it. Not a verse by verse like Wednesday night. We're not going to do that, but we're going to go through it methodically. So by the time you, we're through with the New Testament, you got it, all right? On, I don't know where these are at. Where are these at? Somebody tell me. Where, where's, where's my people? Is that a 411? All of them are 411? This is a New Testament reading schedule, all right? It's a reading schedule for the New Testament for this year, and it starts. We didn't cheat you. It's going to start, you know, you don't have to go catch up from the first of the year. We've got a set where you can start right away. I want you to stop by and pick one of those up. It's a New Testament reading schedule, all right? It's not going to be too much. Like, for instance, uh, January 28th is Matthew 1. You can read one chapter in a day. Come on, everybody, right? Let's quit making excuses. It's time to grow up. Remember, this year we're focusing on maturity. You're going to hear me say some tough stuff, and, 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 but I'm going to be the coach. I'm going to be Bobby Knight. And by the end of this year, I may throw a chair across this platform. Right? But I'm going to tell you like my aunt told me at my grandmother's funeral. They had me preach my grandmother's funeral when I was about 18 years old or 19 years old, and my aunt was sitting right there, and I started squalling. I couldn't stop crying, and she said, Buck up, boy. So what did you do? I bucked up. And I needed that at the time. And throughout the year, you may, you may hear buck up, people. We need soldiers, not sissies. I don't know if you understand how fast our country's going to hell right now. But when they're celebrating, killing a nine-month-old in the womb baby, we need soldiers. So pick up the reading schedule. Now, here, when you read, this is what, these are questions I want you to ask yourself. They're not, you may not answer all of them. You may answer a couple of them that you've seen in it. But when you read your chapter, when you read your chapter, did God reveal any? And this is, this is at 412, so pick one of these up. And this will help you start understanding, reading 
for a purpose. Not just reading to achieve, but reading for application, right? We're reading for transformation. All right, here's, here's the thing. Spectacles. Say that with me. Everybody say it. So when you, when you read your Bible, you're going to put on your... Okay, here's S. S. Did I see any sins to confess? When I read that chapter, did God show me anything in my life I need to confess? All right, sins to confess. i got to do this quick. Promises to claim. In other words, when I read that chapter, did God give me a promise I can hold on to? Amen? Examples to follow. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought of not robbery, to be equal God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of man, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. What is that? That's an example to follow. All right, when I read that chapter, God gave me, in other words, he wants me to be humble like Jesus. Does that make sense? All right, all right. Uh, a command to obey, a truth to rejoice in, A, a verse to memorize, challenges to face, lessons about God, errors to avoid, and supplications to utter. Or in other words, prayers. Did God show me a prayer? I need to be praying. Right? All right? That's your spectacles. When you're reading the Bible, and I made it where you can slip it in your Bible. So that it, it, you can put it right here in the front. You can put it right here in the front. So that when you open your Bible to read it every day, you can take that out. And then when you read it, did God show you one of these? I promise you he will. You know what you're going to do? You're going to see your life transforming. You're going to start thinking like Jesus. You're going to start acting like Jesus. You're going to start living like Jesus. And all God's people say it. I got a whole lot more stuff for you, but we're taking it slow. We'll go into that next week. Brother Josh, can you come up here? I need, I need, help me. Sixth grade? Yes, sir. Sixth grade to what? 18? Uh, so that, if, if you will, sixth grade to 18. Sixth grade to 18. I want y'all come and stand right here, if you will. Six, come on, come on. Real quick, real quick. I got to do the invitation. Y'all come on, come on, come on. All right, turn and look at me. Turn and look at me. Come on. I know y'all getting on up there to the teenage years. Y'all too cool for that. But come on, come on up here. 16 to 18, 16 to 18. If you're in the balcony, yeah, that's it. Come on down here. Y'all got energy? Come on. All right. Yeah. Man, what a crowd. All right. All right. Yeah. Josh is taking y'all all out. The, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> come on, guys. Hurry, 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 hurry. Come on, y'all kind of come, come, come pile up in here. Come pile up in here so I ain't kind of walk. Come on, come on, come pile up in here. Come pile up in here. Yeah, come together. I ain't going to bite you. I ain't going to bite you. That's it. Good, 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 good. All right, all right. Here's the deal. Here's the deal, guys. Here's the deal. Uh, this is like at the recruiter's office, right? Y'all don't know that yet. When you get in high school, you'll figure that out. But I need y'all. I need y'all, okay? I need y'all. Uh, them people out there are getting old, <laughs> and they're going to die. <laughs> and so I need y'all to take their place, okay? I need y'all to take their place. So here's the deal. I don't need y'all to wait till y'all get old like that because y'all might not want to do it then. So I need y'all to do it now, okay? So, so from now on, from now on, from, from sixth grade up, you can be in a choir, you can be an usher, you can be whatever them, them old people are, everything. Now, there may be a couple limitations, and we'll, we'll work all that out, but I need y'all. I need y'all to get in the choir for me. I need y'all to be out here. Y'all have a mic. Y'all have a mic. I don't, if you can sing, we can't. We're going to you know. All right? But I need you. Okay? I need you. We need you. To, uh, 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 our recruiters going to start talking to some of y'all, and I don't need y'all to wait for them to come to y'all. Y'all go to them and say, okay, preacher said we need to get involved. What do you need us to do? I need y'all. I need y'all out in the parking lot. I need y'all up here on the platform. Okay? Because we go, here's, my, here, here's what we're thinking. If we go, and we're going to add another part of this. We're going to add another part of this, because I know sixth grade is kind of like, mm, from here to there, but we, we, we'll talk about that. But if you're out here, you can do what out here people do. Okay? All right? Now, here's a new thing up, upstairs. All right. Uh, so kind of what talking about in staff is just uh, sometimes there's a disconnect with these children. We're trying to figure out what can they do. And uh, there's several, several opportunities in different ministries, but let's be honest, for some of them, it's not going to be cool enough to be able to do that. So what we're trying to do is open it up to where this age can be able to serve in, in, in a number of different areas. So we've kind of opened that up, but this is what we need to see is we need to see parents, y'all need to help with this. Y'all need to promote them. Y'all need to encourage them. And honestly, in my opinion, we need to show them how to do that. It's not just sitting back and say, it's your weekend to go work. Lead by. Example. There you go. So, so help us with that. And, and, and another thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. 
And another thing we're looking to do is uh, one of the things that, that uh, we're dealing with upstairs in, in my area, so that's kindergarten through fifth grade, is we've seen a couple things. Our third through fifth graders, uh, the room's starting to get a little tight because we have a lot of children, which is amazing. So God be the glory for that. But, but our rooms are getting a little small for the numbers we're getting. And then the other thing I was seeing is as I come in here, sometimes I see uh, some of the sixth graders, those that have left me. And what we're doing upstairs, and he said this a number of times, is we're not just babysitting. We're not just doing daycare. We are teaching your children. And we're teaching them to know foundation. We're teaching them to know the Bible so that they can be saved, so they can see that, and then so they can serve, so they can... I mean, honestly, I have a relationship with God that's, that, that's huge. But the problem is, is, when I walked in here, I've seen those sixth graders, because there's not an area for them, they just sit here. They fall asleep. They play on their tablets. They pull up their phone. They're not engaged. And for me, that's disheartening, because all the effort, volunteers and everyone's doing up there. And then we come in here and we see that. So we're trying to help with that. So I, I, I'm excited about this. We're going to be starting a new sixth grade class on Sunday mornings, which is going to be awesome. And we're actually going to move our fifth graders in with our sixth graders. Because the other thing I've seen is some of those fifth graders, when they look down and they see a third grader, they're just like, I'm up here with a third grader. This isn't, you know, so we're, gonna, we're going to move them in and we're going to have a fifth and sixth grade class. And, and what I want you to know about this class, and I'm encouraging. Now, if you're sixth grader, if you think they're ready and they need to be in here, let them be in here. Let them learn. And we're okay with that. But this is another opportunity for them to continue to get deeper. And what we're going to do in our fifth and sixth grade classes, we are going to get deeper. That is what we're going to do. And just like uh, a preacher's taking us through the Bible, that's what we're doing with them. From, from the beginning of the Bible to the end, so they can understand what God has for them, that God has a plan for them, but also building that foundation. Because honestly, like he said, if we look out in the news and we see how bad the world is, sometimes we can, as they get to this age, be like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. What, 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 is, what does God think about all this? What's, what's my responsibility in all this? So if we can start it young and have a foundation for them, they're going to look to God first and foremost. And, God and, and God's word is going to help guide them to that place. Amen. So we're excited about that. It's going to be coming up in the next uh, few weeks. But uh, please just help us out with that. And, and guys, girls, it's y'all's responsibility. We've got to serve. Help out the church. Do your part. And I promise you, God has a place for you. And it's a place that you're going to grow. And you're going to have a lot of fun doing it. Amen. Now here's the thing. Ho, 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 ho. Run out of time, people. <laughs> Uh, uh, so here's the deal. The, the new class upstairs is fifth and sixth. Will they be together? They will. Yes. They will. The fifth and sixth grade. Some, sometimes, sometimes a child is just not quite ready for down here. So we're having one more opportunity up there to help them get to that place. But, but if they're already ready, they're already mature and ready to go and, and can stay out here and stay awake, parents, all right, then, hey, let's roll. But from sixth grade up, guys, I need y'all. I need y'all up here in the choir. I need, how many of y'all would like to see this whole crowd in the choir? I would. Amen. Ushering, whatever. Listen, I need you, okay? Will y'all, will y'all pray about it? <laughs> this means yes, this means no. All right, will y'all pray about it? Okay, come on. Y'all pray about it? Pray about it? All right. Hey, let's give the next generation. No, that's a lie. Let's give this generation a hand. All right, y'all, 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 y'all be saying Everybody's saying Everybody's saying Everybody's saying Man, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. Boy, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. One, of the, one of the coolest parts of my life when I was a kid, when I was a kid, was being able to uh, be an usher. Being an usher, I don't know, I was 11 or 12. I don't remember how old I was. And I remember the, 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 the I, I'm not saying this to, to, to be whatever to the leadership, but they just felt like they needed to have adults being an usher. And man, that liked to kill me. Because that was, that was important. That made me feel connected. But I'm telling you, we don't need to wait. They need to feel important now and connected now. Maybe if we started doing that, we wouldn't be losing 77% of them by the time they go to college. And all God's people say it. Okay, here's the invitation. If you need prayer, if you need to trust Christ as your Savior, 